Hello, and welcome to this week's look at action and stunts on film and television. How are you all doing? Uh, very well, I hope. Um, this week, as I said last week, left it hanging a bit. Because if I'm perfectly honest about it, I hadn't to plan in place in connection with what the film was that we were going to be looking at. And then I watched, uh, during the course of the week on film four, Jack Reacher. Now, my father is a huge Jack Reacher fan, loves the books by Lee Child, and uh, is a fan of the movies. And it happened to be on, so we watched it. And I haven't seen it for a few years. And it's a belter. I mean, it really is uh, the uh, the first movie from the book uh, One Shot, I think, is the is the book that it's based on. And it really bounces along very nicely. Now, looking into it, obviously it's Tom Cruise in the role. Um, and what was also interesting, um, finding out about Lee Child's reaction to Tom Cruise being cast because apparently Tom had been sent a version of a script, an early draft. Um, it was made in what 2012, so a couple of years before 2009 2010, he had been sent a script in connection with it and had added it to his list of, of um, things that he wanted to produce more so than star in. And um, so evidently that's what happened was it was put on the back burner for a while, but he bought the rights to it. His company, is it Skydance? Skydance uh, bought the rights to it. And so it would happen in one shape or form, uh, either um, starring Tom or being produced by Tom. But I think he was relatively busy with other projects at the time. Then reread it again and read the book. Um, I think it's one book or maybe two books that it's based on. And he completely fell in love with it and then suggested that he needs to be in it. He needs to be um, Jack Reacher. The director, of course his mate Macquarie, um, approached Lee Child and explained the situation to him. And he said, absolutely. Now, I make that sound like it's quite simple and flippant, but it is very much like that. Admittedly, the character is, what, six, four, five, whatever he is in the books. Um, he's built built like an outside privy. Um, that's a toilet for those people overseas. And um, looks nothing like Tom Cruise. But Lee Child realised that Tom Cruise is the biggest star in the whole world. And why would you not want the biggest star in the whole world to be the star of your picture? So, he produces it and stars in it he puts together a wonderful array of talent um, and then more importantly from an action perspective because the movie is based around Reacher's ability to react in the moment right he, he reacts in the moment he thinks about it but obviously he's a professional in a number of special areas and they wanted um, they wanted Tom Cruise to be able to put that on the screen without 
members of the public who were fans of the book. And there were many fans of the book who said, he can't be Jack Reacher. Look at him, he's tiny. It's got nothing to do with that. It's the fact that he's absolutely the best man for the job as far as the writer is concerned. As far as the author of the books is concerned, Tom Cruise is the man. So that's not going to change. And what they needed to do then was to create a persona around this actor portraying the role that he was actually doing what he set out to do. Now, it's Tom Cruise. We are familiar with Tom Cruise's approach to action. He tackles it head on um, and claims on many occasions that he is not doubled. There are things that he does in a picture which prevent him from being doubled. Okay, I accept that fact. His stuntman, Casey O'Neill, is responsible for all of the testing, particularly the bigger stunts. Fight work we'll get onto in a moment. But certainly the bigger stuff, driving, you know, anything of that nature, that will be tested down to the last detail by Casey O'Neill. Nobody's going to let Tom, even as capable as he may be, nobody's going to let Tom go into a vehicle cold and not be in a situation where he's been fully briefed or has travelled out with Casey O'Neill, who can then show him the capabilities of the vehicle, do all the bits and pieces, and say, right, this is what I think you're capable of doing X, Y, and Z. This is the deal as far as the sequence is concerned, and, you know, if you're happy, I'm happy. They run through the vehicle as you would with any actor who needs to be in a physically driving a vehicle now the physical driving of the vehicle in this particular sequence is extreme if you have seen the film um, you will understand how complicated uh, a great deal of the sequence is if you haven't seen the film incidentally um, why not it came out in 2012 what are you doing go and it's on um, it's on uh, a number of streaming platforms at the moment go and see it um, it's available for pennies uh, on uh, eBay, eBay and places of that nature. Get yourself a copy. Um, watch the film. You've got plenty of time to do it before our YouTube show on Friday. But if you aren't aware of it, if you don't know what's going on, here is the trailer. Jack Reacher is a ghost served in the military police. Brilliant investigator. Troublemaker, too. Then, two years ago, he disappears. You don't find this guy unless he wants to be found. Excuse me, sir. There's a Jack Reacher here to see you. Can I help you? James Barr. You say he shot five people. I don't believe he did. What exactly are you saying? He was framed. What does an army cop do mostly? What you do, with one minor difference. Every suspect was a trained killer. What do we hope to find? The truth. A soldier is asking questions no one else would ask. Get the lawyer. Helen? No. Helen, are you hurt? Glad to tell you how this works. Do you think I'm a hero? I am not a hero. Lawyers all yours. On second thought, I'd like to kill you.
They want me to run. Then I'm going to finish this. You're a little rusty, Mr. Reacher. I have nothing to lose. And if you're smart, that scares you. basic idea that's the character of Reacher Reacher is brought in as an investigator to find out what's going on and realises that there is trouble afoot now the whole deal as far as the action around this picture is split into two areas so I've mentioned Casey O'Neill already he he very rarely gets the credits that he deserves or he really I mean he gets credited but he doesn't get the the um the uh, plaudits that he probably should do because he's a very very hard working individual and is responsible for you know pretty much all of tom's initial and immediate safety as far as testing gags are concerned prepping gags and knowing the man inside out they've been friends for many many years this is why they work very well together as actor and stuntman but the uh, uh, official titles on this picture the stunt coordinators the first one is an Englishman and his name is Paul Jennings now Paul Jennings uh, if you have access to IMDB at the moment go and check him out Paul Jennings he is responsible for huge quantities of work he started on the register in 1989 right as a British stuntman um he has worked on pictures, for instance, here's a list of them here, Alien 3, Patriot Games, uh, The Three Musketeers, Braveheart, Goldeneye, The Saint, that's just as a performer, not to mention Carry On Columbus. This is a tale of the supernatural. The Tapes, a podcast of the uncanny. Do you believe in ghosts? Join me, host Christopher Goldie, and guests as we discuss the best in unsettling television and film. Who is this? Who is coming? Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for at the Tapes Pod, part of the Pod Dojo Network. I'm waiting for the pause. I'm also waiting for people to go. What did he just say? Carry On Columbus? Are you kidding me? Yes. Um, the first Carry On movie to have stunt credits, ladies and gentlemen. And um, and there and and, uh, and Paul was in that picture, uh, doubling a number of people in that picture. But um, I forget who he was doubling off the top of my head. But uh, he there was a number of people uh, involved in that. Now that was a performer, as a stunt coordinator and second unit director. He is 102 Dalmatians, Johnny English, Batman Begins. He was stunt coordinator on that. 
um, Munich, San Andreas, The Man from Uncle, and Jack Reacher. And that is just to name a few. Now, the other thing that you need to know about Paul Jennings is that there have only ever been, I'm talking from an official perspective, but there have only ever been three documentaries that look at the life of stunt professionals um, in the film and television business. The first was a documentary, maybe a couple of documentaries, but a documentary back in the 60s called um, He Who Dares, right? And it was about Derek Ware. Derek Ware, of course, uh, uh, creator of the organization called Havoc, worked extensively in uh, film and television. Uh, pictures that you would have seen would include the Italian job, Remy Julien doing all the vehicles, and Derek doing all the physical stunts, uh, long days dying. Um, and, of course, television-wise, well, some mothers do have them. That was all Derek's work. He also appears as the window cleaner in the famous sequence. Um, and Doctor Who, of course, right the way through that period of uh, uh, Pertwee, Tom Baker. So, you know, that area, that was all of his organisation called Havoc. Um, the second one is uh, regarding Royal On. Again, uh, a very important name uh, in the business. We all know how important Roy is if you listen to this show on a regular basis. And there was a documentary about him called Stuntman uh, in 1985, 86 time. And then Paul. Now, Paul was involved in a television show called The Visit. The Visit was a project which was devised by Desmond Wilcox. Uh, for those people who don't know who Desmond Wilcox is, he is a broadcaster. And, for maybe more importantly for certain people, the husband of Esther Ranson from That's Life. Um, and he had this extraordinary show. And I say extraordinary because it arrived normally a midweek. It was a Thursday evening. This show would come out about half past nine after nine o'clock news and then half past nine would be the visit. Now, he got himself into a number of different uh, stories. Um, he uh, uh, followed uh, people with um, uh, disfigurement, uh, 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 explaining about their, their incredible story and how they got to where they are and how they are dealing with their disfigurement. Um, one such particular show was um, Soldier Simon Weston who, of course, was uh, very badly injured uh, in the Falklands War, and that was his story. Um, there was um, a look at a couple. It was under the banner of the visit, but it was a look at a couple um, who were dating, got engaged, and married. And it was that journey through family life to see how things change, like a fly, like these fly-on-the-wall documentaries. Um very powerful when you look at it because there are so many things that happen in your life and my life which you think well that that would never be interesting television and yet it was it was long before the days of reality tv and yet he'd done that sort of thing so this was the show and what had happened was that to paul had an idea for a show and had presented it to the bbc um and they had said yes this desmond wilcox's office had said, okay, this, this sounds very interesting. I, I wonder if this is something that we could certainly go with. And um, they met 
with Paul and then they started filming. And there are um, pieces to camera that Paul is doing. He's being interviewed by Desmond, uh, but it's in regards to um, his, his, his earlier life and uh, the, the type of qualifications that were needed. So the idea was that Paul would be followed right the way through his training right the way through his training, all the way through his training, until it gets to the stage where he is accepted onto the stunt register and will then perform his first stunt on film and you get a chance to see it. And it was a fascinating story because for many, many people in the United Kingdom, and there are people who are on the stunt register now, um, who back then had watched this television show and realised, hang on, this is a job? This is something that you can do and be paid for? Why didn't the, um, uh, the careers officer mention this uh, when I was in the fifth form? Because that was something that, you know, this is how I got excited about the whole show. He is responsible for so much. So many individuals are uh, of a stage where they saw this show and thought, that's the game for me, my friend. Absolutely. The most difficult thing back then was getting your equity card. And he was in a, um, a tumbling troupe, and they would do um, they would do dinner, uh, banqueting dinners, and he would be the jester. So he would do um, uh, you know jump jumping over lots of gymnastic work and and um, flick flacks right around the room and doing the general bits and pieces. But it was enough on his performances to get him an equity card. And that was always the most complicated thing. Nowadays, it's slightly different. You don't need an equity card anymore. You don't need to be a member of equity to get on, on the stunt register. Things have changed. But at that time, Paul was responsible for that. And it was a fascinating idea. Now, it turns out that only very short period of time into filming, the BBC had a television series called, hosted by Noel Edmonds, The Late Late Breakfast Show. And each week they would have a feature on the show which was called The Whirly Wheel. And they would have a number of uh, names of individuals who had written in. It was writing back in those days. You had to write in and apply to be on the show. They would write in. Their names would be on a board. And then there would be another board, a wheel, which would spin. And on that wheel, in 10 or 15 different positions was a stunt of some shape or form um hang gliding uh being fired out of a cannon human cannonball um uh, rolling a car over you know all of these type of things they were put on and they would get supervision during the week leading up to the following week's show and then they would perform live the following week Elf and safety gone mad, I tell you. Well, that's, you know, in, in, in hindsight, that's exactly what the situation was. Uh, there are many stories regarding what happened, but basically what had happened was there was a gentleman who was selected. His name was Michael Lush. And um, his particular feat that he would be performing the following week on the show was a little bit of escapology. He would be in a, a box... Um, which was, I don't know, 40, 50 feet in the air. I don't know how high, how high it was, but he was in this box and there was a timer 
and so he would have to escape from the box and then drop out of the box on the form of bungee cord. I believe that was the, the understanding of it. And uh, if he didn't get out at a certain time, there was a hinged mechanism which would be fired and down would come baby cradle and all, right? And evidently what happened was that there was an issue with the firing mechanism and something hadn't gone quite right. It fired early and it came to the ground and he was killed. Now, on the strength of that, shows like The Visit were done. That was it. Stunt challenge. Boom. Finished. Never seen again. And Paul had received a phone call from the BBC to say, we can't continue with your show. I'm sorry. Um, you know, there's been this issue with, uh, with the Late Late Breakfast show and we can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. And that was it done. So three years went by before another phone call was received to say looking at what we're doing now we've looked at the situation and we are able to go ahead and make it and that's exactly what they did and they made the rest of the show and it was a landmark moment it certainly was a landmark moment um, as far as that was concerned um, it is and I, I, I do have it on the YouTube channel it is there if there is an issue with having played it simply um if it won't let you uh play it make a note in the comments and i will try and rectify the situation because it's a it's an important thing to do it's an important thing to see it's a landmark television series and uh, he gets to you see the rigors not not just the physical the physical matters that go ahead with with um, becoming a stunt performer but you also see what you have to do in order just to keep life going by so he would train during the day doing his trampolining doing his horse riding doing his fencing all of these bits and pieces that he needed to do and at night he needed to work in order to pay for the training during the day so he became a taxi driver and would be working long hours but he would work during the course of the evening and then would get a few hours sleep in order to go out and do it again the following day. Training, 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 and off to work. So he was able to get all of his qualifications that he needed to get him onto the stunt register. Um, the first job that he had one when he was on the register was um, a movie called Nightbreed. Uh, Clive Barker book stunt coordinator was Wayne Michaels so that was his first job and there's another story connected with that which I'll tell you on Friday um, so a remarkable individual and um, he's come a very very long way and has earned his position being stunt coordinator and second unit director along with him his assistant is another remarkable individual Rob Alonso he was born in Manila in the Philippines and always wanted to be a director from an early age. He's been in the business for 25 years and has worked on pictures including Oblivion, uh, The Batman, Swordfish, Mission Impossible 3, Last Airbender, Green Hornet and Jack Reacher. Now his ability as a fighter is very important because what he has done is he worked with Tom Cruise for, for many, many months, developing the fighting style that they were going to use in the picture and teaching it to him. Uh, it was a street fighting style, KC fighting method, developed by Spanish gypsies, uh, by Usteria de Gath, 
and co-founder Andy Norman. And they've developed this style of fighting and Rob has worked day in, day out to make the fights that you see on screen really realistic. You're not looking at an actor pretending to be a fighter. You're looking at a man who can fight and has been regarded, as far as many of these individuals concerned, as a fighter, full stop. Now, you know, everybody wants to know about getting involved in the role, how Tom's able to do this. He rips something apart. If he is available, if he wants to give his all 150% to a role, he will dive into that, that, that role and will tear it apart so that he knows the ins and outs of it. We've seen this already with the Mission Impossible pictures and everything else that he does. And so, as Paul Jennings said himself, he said there were occasions where he would get a phone call from Tom going, uh, I need to rehearse now. I need to train now. And it could be midnight. And they could have got in, you know, they could have been in bed three hours and all of a sudden he gets a phone call to say, right, look, I'm ready. We need to go now. We need to get this training done. So intense is it. Um, some people may look at that and go, this guy is lunar. What is going on? You know, and yet from his point of view, it's an absolutely logical standard way in which to do this. I'm not doing anything right now, I may as well train, and that's what's been happening. So when you look at the fights, and when you we explore the fights, um, and we will explore the car work as well, but when you look at the fights and you explore those on Friday with me, you will see that there's a great deal more going into it than, than you could ever possibly imagine. It's a remarkable feat, um, and Tom's extremely capable, surrounded by very, very professional individuals. All the stunt guys that he's working with are top draw. And we break the fights down, we'll have a look at it, and it is remarkable. So, if you haven't seen it, go and have a look. You've got plenty of time. Go and have a look. Um, and then we will regroup on Friday and pull the whole thing apart and take a look at what's going on and, and go through it and find out how it's created in the first place. All right, so make a note in your diary, Friday for the YouTube show, and uh, we'll regroup and do it all again. Until next time, bye for now.